All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Guidelines. This is episode 20. And as you know, we are going through the implementation process, talking through how to do that effectively, knowing that effectively implementing your work is the best guarantee of successful future work that brings high value um, and that you enjoy. So on this episode, super excited to talk to Susie Lance probably don't need to, you know, give a big on-ramp. If you don't know Susie, I don't know where you've been for, <laughs> for the, you know, since you've been part of Giant, Susie's reputation precedes her. Of course, she'll be the first one to draw attention to that. No, I'm just kidding. So Susie, super cool to connect with you out in Ohio. I assume you're in Ohio today. Is that right? That's where I am. I am in Canton, Ohio, the football, uh, NFL football hall of fame city. That's our claim to fame. So right. for all of you NFL fans out there, come visit. Yeah, no, the way you've described it is pretty, pretty incredible. Like a super livable city property values. That's what I remember sticking. Yeah. Like, you can have a really great quality of life for a lot less and no traffic, but we have a great regional airport that can get you anywhere you want to go within cool. minutes. Yeah. You know, Hey, what's the deal with, I don't know if you can answer this or not with people writing songs about Ohio. Ooh. Do you know, like, have you, are you aware of this phenomenon? There are a lot. Bruce Springsteen wrote about Youngstown, Ohio. That was where my birthplace was. And there's a group called Over the Rhine. They have a gorgeous yep. song about Ohio. And um, there's been novels. Uh, Sun Kill about Moon. Sun Kill Moon, Carry Me, Ohio. Yeah. Um, Ohio uh, is Walt. the heart of it all. When you're thinking about the poets, you know, that's our slogan. <laughs> it's the heart of it all. I would say a lot of people consider the Ohio the Midwest and they blend it all in with, you know, the rest of the Midwest. But Ohio is a very unique state. Um, we're often. You know, even politically, we're a, a swing state yeah. because it's very diverse in its demographic. But even in the geographic, you know, makeup of our, our state, you have hills and rolling valleys. You have the rural aspects. You've got cities. And it just um, it's a great place. It inspires hmm. a lot of poets. Well, OK, I don't feel like we've made a whole lot of progress on answering the phenomenon. No, I, I can't. And maybe there is no maybe there's no explanation. Um, you just got to come and experience it. Maybe a song will come to mind. That's right. That That is possible. I, yeah. And there, there are lots. I always think of uh, Gillian Welch or Gillian Welch, however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. Look at Miss Ohio. I don't mm -hmm. think I've heard that song, but that could be the theme song for this episode. So okay. you, can, you can Miss Ohio. All right. I will um, be Miss Ohio. Running around. Yeah. Okay. So let's <laughs> go down to the lyrics. So... Yeah, so Susie, you you and I have been with Giant. You, I think, precede me a bit, but we've had parallel journeys and compared notes, and I've learned a ton from you. And super excited to have others learn from you. I mean, you have like shortened my growth curve in so many different areas of my work, and you know, today we're really focusing on implementation and wanting to learn from your process with that. 
But I think it would be interesting to talk about, like, how do you, how, how should we punctuate or think about implementation? Like, we, you know, right. the, the guidelines up until now has been focusing on business development, mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, you know, love to hear your thoughts on that in terms of suggestions you would give. Sure. Um, but then where does, where do we go from business? When does business development become mm -hmm. implementation? Right. And that's a critical, critical turning point where I'm glad that you're turning this corner and really offering some advice and tools because you have to do it well. It's a both and, and you have to recognize once you've secured those clients and you begin the implementation phase, it becomes part, at least in my experience, of your business development, how well you're able to do the implementation and then delivery. And But you asked, uh, you know, just about business development, a piece of advice that I'd give people before we jump into the implementation phase. Um, and it connects. So it's not often, I'm a creative connector for all of you who are wondering. <laughs> I do have, and I'm giving you complete license, Andrew Robinson, to bring me back if I start building too much context or going down bunny trails. But um, you know, I trust you completely to creatively connect. Yes. You, you will eventually connect. So be I creative. do. I yeah. will always connect. There's always a bullseye, but it's just yep. who can really hang with me longest. But, um, you know, just a something I learned that has been very comforting to me as I think about business development, because it's not in my natural wheelhouse. Um, if you do the work that you're proud of and you focus on the ones that you are currently serving and treat them like the ones that you want to have, you know, you will succeed. And the referrals that will come out of that, it becomes, at least for me, that has been one of the largest pieces of my business development. You know, you take the opportunity early on to really serve your clients well. You treat them, even if it's, you know, a, a client that maybe doesn't have the budget that's going to sustain your livelihood, but they give you the opportunity to work with them. When you treat them and serve them well, chances are very good that you're going to have those examples of transformation that can really help you when you're pitching maybe to a, a, a client who has a more significant budget. You're going to have their referrals, um, but you're going to have the experience that allows you to experience that jump of credibility. Um, and I think that is something I wish I would have known early on, how significant the work that I began to do early on was to actually building the opportunities that would come. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's so human nature, right? Like mm -hmm. if you think of something that you recently purchased or like that someone told you, oh, you got to get this. Like they told you like, you got to get that because it's of high value to them. And that may mm -hmm. be like inconsequential, like more aesthetic value, or it mm -hmm. could be something that's like, you know, or like we were talking about coffee, like, mm -hmm. like, oh, you've never tried a pour over. Oh, you've got to try a pour over. And <laughs> here's how you have to do it. Um, right. If we add value, people will just naturally want to, to share that. It's just a, a natural human tendency. And I mean, obviously, like there are certain ways of teeing that up. We've, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've introduced some of my methods in guidelines on how to how to make sure you're top of mind. But what you're saying is is the bedrock, and I hope you know everyone's mm -hmm. hearing that. That really, when it comes to business development, being able to set it up right the way you're talking about is is 
is critical. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything else on business development? Any other? I think having a strategy that works for you, knowing as you're starting out where you want to end up. I think early on, I was just excited to get any clients. <laughs> hmm. And so I was scattering seeds everywhere uh, without a real strategy of where I wanted to end up. And I think what's helped me to be more um, defined and, and honestly more professional is to have a strategy going forward um, as to the number of clients that I need, you know, just thinking through hmm. and understanding my guide style, what's my preferred schedule. I mean, all of those things that go into the implementation, you have to think through as you're building your business, as you're going after uh, those clients, because what if everybody says yes, then where do you end up? And so it really is beneficial to have, you know, begin with the end in mind in a mm. sense, and then be targeted. And, and at the same time, leave a little bit of room <laughs> for open-ended because there are, I just got a client this week that came from a referral that wasn't part of my strategy, but it could be very significant and, you know, could create some opportunities for the guides on my team. But I would say it's, it's definitely, you know, if you begin with the end in mind and know where you want to end up and you put more focus to that, it really allows you to gain that traction so much sooner than later. And for somebody like me who has a creative voice to celebrate the wins, as opposed to thinking, oh, I just need more. I need more. <laughs> I'm not doing <laughs> enough. Honestly, that's been the biggest outcome for me. Just peace of mind that, yeah, I can now really focus on the implementation, the delivery, because I actually have the set amount of clients that fit what I was after. And, and I reached that goal. And then it just, honestly, it, it helps me actually keep the quality control high because I know my capacity and I'm able to plan for it. And then if something changes with a client, if their budget changes or they have leadership shifts, which can happen and they'll put you, you know, they'll maybe lower. I had that happen with a large hospital I was serving. They had a CEO shift and they slowed down some of their implementation and the development they were doing. And I was able to strategize around that. So it's interesting because if you think about our work, the work that we do with leaders and teams and companies, one of the major goals that we all have is trying to put people in the condition to bring their best, right? Put, mm -hmm. Make the condition such that people really are able to bring their best. Right. Well, that's, a, that's all we're talking about here are what are those conditions that guides need to bring their best? Correct. And you, you know, you know, we talk about who are those clients that bring out your best and I love, you know, yeah, what you're, what you're saying there. And I don't often think we think about it in those terms. Um, but that's a great way of, of summarizing it different industry, but I was having a conversation recently with someone that you know, it's, uh, needs clients and is pursuing clients, but doesn't have the strategy that you were talking about. And it, it's so painful to watch because I see her flying all over the country chasing business because these are 
really big potential clients, really well-known potential clients, ending up with some work here and there, but it's like, there's no strategy whatsoever. And there's no sense of like, who do I work best with? And there's no, there's no real prioritization of like, what conditions does she need to set herself up to bring her best to the people that she serves. And so it's extremely reactive and really hard to watch. So I love, you know, how you've done that with your business and the kind of guardrails that you've, you've put on there. Really good. Okay. Let's use your example. You said you, you know, you're bringing on a new client and this client may or may not match. Mm -hmm. It it sounds like it may be a more sizable uh, agreement, but what, what's your mindset? Like, let's say, you know, I'm thinking of the guides out there that are just getting started and, and right. some, some guides do come out and they land huge enterprise clients out sure. of the gates because of contacts they've had. But like, let's say that like, you know, let's consider the whole spectrum. What mindset do you mm-hmm. try to have? What kind of process or steps or things do you keep in mind right. that are going to set that up for success? Right. Well, I'd say my guiding framework, and I've learned this over time, is do not make any assumptions. If I find myself making assumptions, whether to, oh, this client, they make two billion billion a year, they must have a large leadership development budget. (laughs) That's an assumption that I made early on. And true to form, they didn't have $5,000 in their leadership budget. Um, and that I, you don't want to make assumptions about budget. You don't want to make assumptions about leadership structure in an organization or the individuals that you're working with. Um, you know, are they the decision makers? Don't assume (laughs) that a person has the ability to give you the green light. And so I think that is, you know, just a, a mindset. I go into new client relationships with, because if you do your due diligence and you remain curious and you ask the right questions and you remain in a posture of learning about them, it's the interested before interesting mindset. You, you gain a lot more information that is going to set you up for a successful implementation phase when you do get that contract. And you know, it really is. It's our growth process. It's the giant leadership audit. I find that when I start with um, those tools, whether very formally or more organically, depending on the client or the point of contact I'm, I'm working with, it sets me up to really um, understand the needs of the client best, as opposed to just trying to push altitude training for everyone or, hey, <laughs> Let's do X core. It is, it's critical um, to have that posture. And I've just, I've learned over time, building trust in the beginning will save you so much time as you go to implement. And if you don't take the time to build the trust, the credibility, um, the integrity in that relationship with the person that you're working with, even if they say yes, you've got a mountain to climb. Whereas if in the beginning, you're very curious, you're very interested, and you figure out who they are, what their felt needs are, what their organization's about, 
what budget they have. Um, it allows you to then serve your client really well right from the start. And it will solve and save you from a lot of headaches. That's been my experience. And so it's mm. kind of my, my mindset as I go into those new relationships. The, I would say, pro, I, I would like to think that I've grown them. That might be one of the areas I've grown the most in mm -hmm. recent months, even over the last six months. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking of building the bridge. Mm. Yeah. Because my tendency early on was, let's jump in, let's go. And it was literally, you know, I expected everyone to go 100 miles an hour. And mm -hmm. in retrospect, I, you know, now can see like that was just way too fast, way too furious. Unfortunately, eventually everyone, I think everyone would catch up, you know, but it would, I think there was a missed opportunity. And I do think the, the missed opportunity was what you just said, which was building trust. Mm -hmm. And we build trust. Appropriate pacing builds trust. Mm -hmm. uh, I now am conscious about, am I, am, am I going 40 miles an hour? Mm-hmm. Or am I, am I doing my tendency would, you know, to, to jump in and hit the gas. So that those are some changes I've made that, that you just, some of the, that you just pointed out would be to, to do the leadership audit. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm actually just onboarding a client. So this is good timing mm -hmm. and rather than doing what I've done in the past and jumping into the tools and hitting the gas. It mm -hmm. actually started with that tool and got some really good feedback. I think as powerful as the tool is, I think it's more the process that it sets up that's mm -hmm. that's powerful. Yeah. And it sets up it sets up and really you're making I I, I think part of why that works so well and why your advice is so good and, and everyone should take it is you're setting a tone for the rest of your working relationship and and, mm -hmm. and among the implicit agreements that you're making with your audience is that everyone here has a voice. So with the leadership audit, it's a great tool you get right. fabulous feedback, but it, it establishes a, a dynamic mm -hmm. that can really carry you through into altitude. If you want to do that or X core, whatever you want to do, you're yeah. going to, you're going to actually draw from that dynamic. So, um, I love that. I, I think if we ended this conversation right now, that if that's all that people took away, uh, that that's gold. I, I think I'm fortunate that I didn't have more collateral damage by mm. jumping in and, and, and going hundred miles an hour. So that's okay. So let me ask you this. Your, mm -hmm. my tendency is going to be to go hundred miles an hour to jump in okay. fast mm -hmm. and furious. What about like, talk to talk to like someone that is more of a 30 mile an hour person so talk to the nurture guardian out there yeah what would like what should they have in mind in terms of moving from business development to implementation well i would encourage the nurture guardian you know obviously they're going to have strength when it comes to building that relationship that they can bank on they aren't going to have to worry that they're coming on too strong so to speak uh, because that's not going to be their natural tendency. So they actually could accelerate, you know, their plan. I would encourage them. Don't be afraid to follow up. If you meet with a CEO or, you know, somebody in the C-suite and you don't hear back from them, don't take it personally. 
send a follow-up email or send a, a text. Hey, I haven't heard back from you. I know you're busy. Uh, would love to carry on our conversation. Can we meet next week? You know, I would say, don't be afraid to be a little more intentional. <laughs> I was going to say forceful <laughs> or assertive um, because it isn't going to come across like that from you know a guardian nurturer or nurturer guardian. Uh, if they tend to hang back a little bit when they do, yeah, show a little more of that assertive side, it's well taken, at least in my mm -hmm. experience. So I would encourage them to get out of their comfort zone and know that they have come across most likely pretty trustworthy and relationally driven. And so when they bring that competence piece of following up and making sure they're they're pressing forward as opposed to just waiting and being responsive or reactive as opposed to being the initiator, it's going to actually win them some chips hmm. and, and further their influence with that client that they're trying to pursue. So, you know, we have to know ourselves to lead ourselves as we're, you know, even as we're doing this. Yeah. I'm putting myself in the shoes of, of like, if I'm, if I were being led in a process by a nurture guardian or guardian nurturer or someone who's really anchored in the present. Mm -hmm. And the questions that I'm asking are, are you good at what you do? Like I'm, I'm scanning for competence. Mm -hmm. um, where are we going? Mm -hmm. Like what's your vision for this process? And um, so those are the two main questions. I think are like a high connector right. uh, would be like, are we going to have fun <laughs> in the process? <laughs> um Whereas, uh, and so I'm, I'm thinking for the nurture or the, the present voices, mm -hmm. being aware that those are the questions in the, in the, in the group coming yeah. from the future voices and like, right. you, you know, they're not necessarily going to front load with competence, for example, or like, we're going to have fun <laughs> or like, mm -hmm. um, and vision isn't necessarily. So I think being able to be aware of that going into implementation will help sure. get buy-in and influence. Yes. And that's honestly where the growth plan would be my number one recommendation for, you know, a, a very present voice, because through that process, you're asking, what does a better future look like in 12 to 18 months? The client is going to tell you what they want to see. And then it's your job to figure out how do we best get there? You've already covered their pain. It gives you that formal process that builds so much credibility. Honestly, when I've done it, I just feel the sense of relief from those potential prospects because you've given them a way to take all of the swirl that is on their minds, all the things that are going on, and it gives them a place to focus. But then consequently, you have their vision. You have what they would love to experience. And then you can help them build a plan. What are the best tools, the best resources, um, programs that are actually going to facilitate the outcome that they would like to achieve? And so, you know, don't, when we build influence, we have formal and informal aspects to it. And I think even implementation, it we get to you lean into both. Um, the formal tools we have through Giant, like the GLA and the growth plan, they can help us uh, really build that credibility um, and complement, you know, some of 
the things that, you know, for me as a creative connector, the guardian and nurture aspects of the growth plan where it is structured and consistent and formal, it's elevated me as somebody who's able to do a discovery phase well. Um, without that, <laughs> I would I would let my curiosity be my guide. And so every time I was doing discovery, it looked a little different. Um, the standardized process has really helped me, um, you know, elevate my ability to deliver to clients the thing that is actually going to work. So let's step back. Everyone listening to this, this if if you're catching all this, what's happening is there's this sequence. I mean that that should be appearing in front of your very eyes. And and what we're talking about here is business development. And we've, you know, spent how many episodes, 16, 17 episodes on that. So that should be pretty solid. If that goes well, the really the pivot point Mm -hmm. is the growth plan conversation. And I love what you're saying there because it, it it is a tool that services both future voices and present voices. Mm -hmm. And I, I would love to just, you know, I love what you said there because for the present voice that doesn't nat- naturally think in terms of vision, where are we going? Well, that's in the growth plan. And for the future voice that's going to get squirrely and improv, well, <laughs> this creates a pretty standardized process that they can follow. Mm-hmm. So, and then if the growth plan goes well, then we get into the actual imp- actual implementation. And we've talked about the leadership audit and right. being able to actually start with that. And then you have some options in terms of where you go with, with additional content. Um, and, and, you know, we can certainly, you know, last time Jay was on and he talked, you know, talked about uh, accelerate and, and what mm-hmm. he's done there, lots of different options there, but sure. gosh, if you, if you just go as far as we've just talked about business development, growth plan, the leadership audit, you are well positioned to, to really set that tone that we're talking about going into going into a longer term relationship with a client. Right. Let's get like, go ahead. You're going to say something. No, I mean, I, and I would encourage any of you guys that are, are listening, don't be afraid to practice <laughs> friends and family. I had one of the most significant when the growth plan first came out, I just was practicing with a lot of people because I wanted to see how well it worked and what I needed to do to adjust to get the answers, it worked really well. Um, but get familiar with it, get comfortable with it, because you don't want to come across very like robotic. I think where I've seen, because um, I, you know, in my pack, I'll just sit on a call and watch my guides take pros- prospects through. Uh, the most common, like, oh, don't do that, is when verbatim you just read, <laughs> read the questions and and kind of. Uh, it feels robotic. So get comfortable with kind of taking the growth plan and the questions and making them your own. So it feels very natural. Um, But the more you use it, the easier it's going to be to adjust as you go. But um, do, I I would highly recommend utilizing those, those tools. Mm -hmm. They work, they'll get you a lot farther. Um, And it just, it sets up the posture that we take as giants. We are for you, for the client. We really want to know, what your needs are. No, I think you're touching on something really important with the growth plan. Cause if you do it well, or whenever I do it well, I, people say that felt like therapy. And it's mm-hmm. like, I think you, I just would ask yourself the question as you're going through the growth plan, like, would I want to go through this with me? 
Mm-hmm. And if I'm being too robotic or, you know, methodical, eh, probably not. Probably this, this feels really forced. And right. um, so, no, I think that's a great point. Okay. So let's get specific. Um, like I just started with a, a new client yesterday. You're bringing someone else on like, Oh, okay. Here we go. First day, first mm-hmm. encounter. Um, I think I shared my lesson from my guitar class in college on one episode where, mm-hmm. you know, the instructor said, you know, they won't remember what you do in the middle, but they'll remember what you do at the beginning and the end of a song. Yeah. Um, which is so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I've made several mistakes that are quite memorable in the middle of a song. Um, but what, what would you say, like, right at the beginning, what do you, what are you focusing on? What boxes do you want to check in that first mm-hmm. engagement? Like, what are your thoughts? Like, so I, I just want to clarify the question. Um, so I've secured the work and yep. I'm okay. Got it. You, you got so, the work. What's the on-ramp? How are you setting it up for success? You're an introvert, so you're going to assume that they know things that they probably don't. Not that I've right. ever made that mistake, but um, right. So I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like my kiss is like always like, oh, they didn't do that because I didn't tell them to do yes, that. They didn't I connect the dots or read my mind. Yeah. No, I've had that. So honestly, a few things, you know, when I thought through what do I do and what has, what have I learned over time, <laughs> all based on failure, you know, that's how we learn best. But uh, the first is obviously we already covered it. Spend adequate time and discovery, learn everything you can, everything you can about the client, make sure you scour their website know who's who, like as much as you can uh, get the information in your discovery, but also just understand as much as you can about the culture, about what they have done before. (laughs) If this is the first time they've ever done any kind of development, um, it's going to help you. The second thing, and I think it is one of the most important parts of implementation, you need to have the correct point person on the inside. You must have a person on the inside that is accessible. So whether it is the executive assistant that can help you set up calendar dates and information, do not, do not underestimate the power of the right point person on the inside to get things moving, to get things scheduled and communicated to the teams that you're going to be working with. I did not put enough emphasis on that because, you know, I'd work with the CEO or the COO, the HR director, they'd hire me and go. Well, if they're not connecting you to the right person um, that can help you with all the details, who care more about the details than you do, you got, you know, one hand tied behind your back as you're trying to implement. If you have somebody who is very capable and competent in that, it makes your life seamless. It allows that team or the individuals you're going to be working with to be prepared. And it just allows everything to flow so much better. And Mm -hmm. even, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes to being paid, (laughs) if you have the right person on the inside, they will make sure your W-9 goes through and your everything's set up so that you are paid in the timely fashion that you deserve to be. So, it might seem like a small thing, but figure out 
who that person's going to be, um, and if they've been informed that you are going to be working with them to set up the success uh, of this program. You said, sense? yeah, absolutely. And again, that's just gold. Um, and I've learned that the hard way as well. You mentioned accessible. You want a person who's accessible. Mm -hmm. There's also some other qualities that you were inferring and in what you just said, um, responsive, like mm -hmm. this person, like you send an email and they respond back. Like correct. this assistant, um, I'd give a shout out to this assistant that I'm working on with this group that I started with yesterday, mm -hmm. just because, she, Hey, can you print this? She writes mm -hmm. right back. Absolutely. I got it. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I'm thinking of another point person where I was trying to schedule a meeting with a CEO and I had requested that on his behalf and two weeks went by no response. Well, I actually come out not looking good. Not that like, um, I'm obsessed right. with like how I look, sure. but it's, it's not, uh, you know, and yeah. that's just, that's the nature of that person. She's, she's not as, uh, responsive. responsive. Right. And, and, and then that ties into another element, which would be competence. Um, sure. So anyway, yeah, that, that's, yeah, no. that's huge. I mean, it is, it is critical. So just last week I was at, at so I've been doing work with an electrical contractor and um, one of their new locations, they work with huge data centers and we were doing a training with a, you know, the local union hall, 55 foremen showing up, but I did not have, my normal point of contact that I, I lean on in this company. And so I didn't have the details down, the setup. I, all I knew was the time and place I'm supposed to be doing this training. I show up um, at this union hall with 55 foremen who had just come off the field, <laughs> hungry and ready to go. And no whiteboards, no... <laughs> Oh no projector, God. no technology, like nothing that they had kind of alluded that would be there. So let's just say I used my creative powers and <laughs> completely had to, uh, you know, change on a dime. But again, it's don't underestimate the power of having the right administrative help uh, right from the beginning that can set you up for success, because otherwise you're at the mercy of the people who may or may not hmm. care about those details um, and inform people of what, what you're doing and, you know, what your end goals are. So. I remember when my kids started giving presentations in school, I told them one of the things that I always like, if I'm doing a keynote, I prepare in such a way that if the projector or the slides fail, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that is key because <laughs> it will happen. Um, oh yeah. I always have a handout in my back pocket because it does happen. <laughs> yeah. And when in doubt, use people as props, you know, yes. get them out of their chairs and move them around. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I think that's a great, uh, mm -hmm. you know, warning for implementation is things will not go according to plan oftentimes, right. but do everything within your power to make sure that they do. And that right. goes back to having that competent point person. Yes. And that's exactly what happened with me yesterday was she did mm -hmm. a phenomenal job of everything was printed out. You know, the AV went, went mm -hmm. flawlessly. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I, 
that I'm really trying to work on. I'm curious to have you uh, comment on that. Our expectations, and I'm I'm seeing I, I view them at three different levels. The first level is what's their what are their expectations of me? Mm-hmm. And I, I think being really clear, and that should come out in your agreement mm-hmm. uh, that they sign. What are they expecting of you? And if if there's any misalignment there, that that can create massive issues down downstream. Right. Um, so, for example, one of the things I have in my agreement is I will have an appoint. I, I will have a point person in mm-hmm. you know, along with a number of other things. So there's their expectations of me, and mm-hmm. then I use the first session, or at least a portion of it, to talk about two other expectations. What do they expect of each other in the mm-hmm. room? So what what do you need from each other to get the most value out of this? You are giving up valuable time to be here and that value that you are giving that you get needs to exceed the value that you're giving up. So what do you need from each other in order to get the most out of this? And then ultimately, what do you need from yourself? And, and so, you know, we get like, I I could even send you this image from yesterday, all these expectations down to what are your expectations for technology? Right. Right. If Nick is on his phone the entire time, is anyone going to smack him? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, does anyone have the right? Or, or is that just a sure. thing here that yeah. we just that we just invest a ton of money in developing our team and then allow people to to be on their phones? Now, right. the group I was with yesterday, they were like, literally, if something happens, it could be an emergency. So, what I would suggest is let's have phones face down. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great. If that it's not about me. It's about you. What do you, right. what do you expect of yourself? What do you expect for each other? Right. So That's good. How, how, like have you nav- how, how have you navigated those kind of expectations? I yeah. think, you know, I, I like your idea. Honestly, I haven't formalized it as far as putting it in an agreement where I need a point person on the inside or, you know, I try to make things as clear, but often, um, what I find is that regular contact with the decision maker that hired me, you know, at least once a month, quarterly, usually I'm coaching them, um, but not just a coaching session, but a check-in to say, am I meeting your expectations? And it gives me the opportunity to say, and here's maybe where you're not meeting mine, um, or here's where I, I think we need to adjust. I think that's something I didn't know early on that once, you know, I put a plan in action that if it wasn't going as well as I had hoped that I could adjust. Now I adjust (laughs) because there are real time pain points that sometimes pop up that we need to focus on when, and that, that allows me not to go too far off course, but just to make some minor, um, changes maybe to the plan that we had laid out so that we're actually hitting the target and the client is happy and the people are engaged. And that's, um, you know, at the, at the end, what we think in the beginning is going to work honestly might not. And so if we, um, you know, if we have the integrity to adjust accordingly and make sure, Hey, maybe two hours sessions, it's not working for your people. They get really distracted after an hour and a half. Uh, so let's 
let's make it 90 minutes and really focused right from the get-go, eliminate breakfast because nobody's eating it anyway. And let's give them that half an hour back, you know? So again, it's minor things like that. It's not, okay, let's try something different or do entire different content. But, but if something's not working, I'm not afraid to adjust. And, and that has honestly helped me, I think, really um, hit the client's expectations and not go, you know, half a year. And then they tell me, hey, we don't think this is working out. Or <laughs> I make sure that they're happy and they're, they feel that we're actually seeing progress towards their goals. Yeah. What I, what I hope people are hearing is what you do early on will set the tone for, for what happens down, down. So if you, if you are seeing things that need to be adjusted, adjust them. Like you just said, Right. I would add, like, if you are seeing things that they are doing that they shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. like that are actually taking away from, right. If you wait to address those down, down the road, you're actually condoning them. So Absolutely. I try to flag those. Um, I'm thinking of like this one group I was in, this guy kept getting up to go to the bathroom. And I was like, mm-hmm. at one point, it finally, it was like, this happened two, three weeks in a row. And I was like, mm-hmm. it was a couple people. I was like, okay, this is 90 minutes, guys. Like, mm-hmm. if you can't hold it for 90 minutes, like, I think that's a different mm-hmm. issue that we're not. But like, yeah. you can all deal with your bathroom issues before mm-hmm. you come in here. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, let's just, I'm just going to raise this. Mm-hmm. Again, because my job is to be there and help them get as much value out of this as possible. Right. And so in very in a lot of ways, I see myself as like mm-hmm. on behalf of my client, I need to protect that time and defend it. Sure. The other thing I would say is if, if I'm not seeing certain things that I do think I need mm-hmm. to get value, for, for them to get value out of it, I will also address those early on. But I think sure. that theme that you're setting up of do it sooner than later. Uh, yep. And don't, don't let those things go, um, right. which for someone early, like that's really new to giant and new mm-hmm. as a guide that could be, that can be challenging. Yeah. Um, sure. or maybe you're like a pioneer garden. You're like, I have no problem. Like absolutely no problem. <laughs> you're like, well, that may be, then maybe yeah. you need to like develop right. the kid gloves a little bit on that. It's just, it takes that tact. Um, sure. in the end it's, it's, well, it's, it's really bringing tough. that support and challenge, you know, when you are capable of being a liberator to that room, just like you said, that's that challenge of, hey, we can wait 90 minutes <laughs> to use the restroom. Uh, it's coupled by support in that you want to grow. Your whole purpose for these 90 minutes is to become a better version of yourself, to have more impact in your leadership uh, and your overall influence. Mm. So don't jeopardize it with a bathroom break. And so it's it's our jobs to model what liberation looks like. I always come back to that because I'm naturally, you know, I'm a protector. I want everybody to just be, oh, it's okay. Go to the bathroom 10 times. It's fine. <laughs> That's the natural Susie. <laughs> but when you're capable of bringing challenge because you know what they need, and that's the support side, they receive it most often. And they'll actually respect you more for it. Okay. I can't, you just uh, like what you just said is so true. And it, uh, suddenly I realized that literally I came from that group to this call mm-hmm. with you. To, so this conversation it, yeah. is uncanny in yeah. this conversation today, the guy that kept getting up, going to the bathroom 
put his cards on the table and he was like i actually was thinking of not doing this group i was thinking like i'm not into this stuff mm-hmm. i don't know why i'm here i think i might quit he totally did a 180 and today he was like this is this is changing my life yeah. this is changing my marriage this is okay. it and i was like oh my gosh like i'm so glad he stayed um People would that have need- happened if i hadn't called him on like getting up and going to the bathroom probably, all the time? Uh, i don't know possibly not probably. i find but- that people need they need to experience that challenge from us almost to have permission to take it seriously like when we set the culture of expectation that this is a big deal it allows those individuals to embrace it as a big deal as opposed to you know workplace culture oh just another training let's sit through this hopefully they have good coffee mm-hmm. you know but when we actually position it where they are expected to actually transform grow beyond themselves have impact that's why the core process is so effective in our coaching because when they show up for that first group and you actually ask them did you do it <laughs> did you actually execute on that response on that plan that you said to all of us you're going to do it allows people the permission to take it seriously I, at least that's been my yeah. experience a lot of times there's this, uh, we'll just sit through this training because nobody else, you know, it's just content. But that's where Giant's different. We actually expect transformation. And we bring enough support and challenge for them to experience it. And so it's really cool that huh. your bathroom guy, uh, <laughs> he's all in now. He, he, he's all, yeah. And, like and, yeah, he's not in the bathroom. Um, yeah, I think, and to bring it full circle, mm-hmm that comes from a heart at least i hope for me of wanting in the same way that we want to set up conditions to bring the most value to people we want to set up conditions for people to get the most value from what we bring and that's that's on us and and in the implementation um well just let's see just to wind down i'm just any final thoughts like i'm what I, i guess the last question i would ask is like what do you, what are, what's a sign that, you know, let's say you're three months in mm-hmm. that implementation is going well, like what's, mm-hmm. what's that indicator that you're like, yes, like things are clicking. To me, one of the biggest indicators are when I'm showing up, people are using the language. They have stories or examples. When I ask for them, they're able to match their experience to the tools. And so I see that it's becoming relevant to them. It's one of the most Mm -hmm. exciting things to me when I see those little brain connections, you know, from their actual team experience to what we've been talking about. And they have those examples to share. I know that they're bought in and it's, it's so rewarding for me because, um, yeah, I think the worst are when you show up and they can barely remember <laughs> what oh you gosh. had addressed the last time. And believe me, I've had those. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, making sure that that follow up is there, um, that they have the takeaways, the uh, partners to check in with, just to keep it on the front burner. That's that's key. And then, yeah. 
they're able to use the language. There's nothing more thrilling to me when I hear them <laughs> using liberator or, oh, you know, I'm leading a nurturer and they did this. It's, it just fills my heart with mm -hmm. joy because I know that it's catching, like it is actually taking root. Oh yeah. There's, that's so good. I mean, no, now you got me thinking also, it's just like, yeah, it's one thing to get insight, mm -hmm. which is fine. And inspiration's fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's when you start seeing it move from insight and inspiration to application yeah. and implementation that you start yeah. thinking, I think that that's where you start feeling transformation mm -hmm. beneath your feet. It's kind of like, Oh right. yeah, things are starting to shift. And yeah. And you have to give it time. I mean, you. you would say the same thing. It's like there have been times like this group this morning where that part of me, like that trigger of like, because they weren't super gung-ho initially. Mm -hmm. And then like all of a sudden my triggers start kicking in. Like you're wasting my, my time. <laughs> How selfless of me, right? Um, you're so, and I, <laughs> so thoughtful and kind, Andrew. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah the truth's coming out. Um, and I'm like, oh, I don't waste my time. I don't want to waste your time or money. Mm -hmm. And and there were literally times where I was like reaching under the table for like my weapon system or whatever. And yeah. it's like, I'm so glad I didn't. I'm right. so glad I didn't like what because I, I would have framed it in like, oh, I'm just bringing challenge. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. no, you're not. Um, and this group, like like the the session last time, we were going through self preservation questions. And I'm not kidding, Susie. Like three people, like three grown humans in tears going through like, what am I trying to prove? You know? And they, they just went deep. We had tears wow. this morning. I'm like, they're like, this doesn't happen in, this does not happen in this industry. They're like, what's happening to us? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I just right. like, that I didn't have to answer that question. I didn't know what was happening to them yeah. three yeah. months ago. And I think that's the humility of like, let the process run its course. Right. And, Right. And have the humility and, and the self-restraint yeah. and model what we're trying to teach them and, and right. all the ways that I could have gone off the rails. Yeah. So I think that concept, something that I've adopted is just, you know, show up and hit singles. You don't always have to hit a home run. It's so rewarding. I mean, we've all had those moments that you feel like, oh, they're so excited and they're into it and they're cheer, you know, like the home run feeling when you're facilitating is amazing but it's not necessary. You just mm -hmm. have to stay with the process. And I think, you know, what you mentioned, one of the biggest things I've learned is you know, don't take it personally. Not everybody is going to love giant tools as much as you do right out of the gate. <laughs> and so it is, that has helped me significantly uh, to just know sometimes it takes a little time. It yeah, takes a little yeah. bit of time for people to, you know, go through their filters um, to unlock, you know, their self-preservation, like you said, so that they can even trust us um, and what we're bringing. And that's that's a necessary part of getting the joy of helping somebody walk into transformation. We have to earn that. We have to earn our credibility and the influence um, and not just automatically be given it because the CEO gave us a contract. Um that's been huge for me to, to just embrace. Yeah. that, And you're going to have people on the spectrum when you come in, some people are mm -hmm. going to be oh, all over it. And then some people are going to be even against it. And honestly, sure. I would rather have someone who's antagonistic because at least they care. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. than apathetic. Ap- apathy is the kiss of death. And yes. so if I sense someone's apathetic, I try to just irritate them in the most positive <laughs> ways possible. But mm-hmm. the the I love engaging the antagonists. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also trust like, you know, if I really feed the optimists, the ones who are gung ho, mm-hmm. that's going to that's going to generate enough of a head of steam that's going to carry carry through. So any any final like as you think, I mean, I think it's super interesting. I, I mean, I love everything you're saying. It's like, oh yeah, it's helping me like be yeah. way more intentional about how I implement. Any other thoughts for I think guides out there? Probably just to put a bow on it. Um, from the moment you meet that that prospective client to the you know day you're doing your first um, delivery, be yourself. Don't try to be anybody but who you are. <laughs> Show up. If there's certain things you're insecure about, you know, obviously don't lead with that, but but don't be afraid of it because, you know, the best engagements are the long-term ones and you don't want to have to fake it forever. You know, I'm not a pioneer, so I'm not going to lead with strategy. I'm going to lead with my ideas and that, you know, relational heart and the people who hire me are hiring me primarily because of who I am and the tools I'm going to bring and the way that I will bring it. And that that has been very, um, and then there are certain people who they might want a pioneer consultant to be working with them. And that's okay. Like I, I can still be secure in who I am, even as I go through those phases. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned. You know, I do have um, some uniqueness just based on me being me that I bring to um, my clients. And the more I am secure in who I am, the better it gets. Hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, as an observer of you, I've I've been able to watch that process and Mm -hmm. admire. And what I've seen in you is also giving yourself the grace to just grow according to your own pace. And I think if we could leave people with one Mm -hmm. admonition, it's, it's be patient with yourself. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, Mm -hmm. and I would also challenge people to not do it on their own. And, uh, I mean, like, yeah, if you're, if you're like clueless about an agreement, like post something on Slack, or if you need someone to come walk you through, like, um, you know, I'm literally getting uh, off of this conversation, Susie, and jumping on with uh, a guide who is talking to literally his first client. And so the three of us, I'm I'm walking through that with yes. him. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to be perfect. And he's bringing me in. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's what that's what that's what this is all about. So don't don't feel like you have to do it all yourself. So that's great. Great advice. Use those of us that do have a little experience. It really can. Yeah take some of those jitters away and give you the confidence that that client needs um, in order to say yes. That's great. Well, I don't know. This is, uh, this conversation I think is for guides, no matter where you're at in your journey, whether you you literally are just signing on to, you know, your first guide boot camp or whatever, or whether you've, you know, been at this for years. Um, This is gold. I mean, I, like I said, I'm taking away so much from what you've said and and conversations. So I trust everyone else will too. So Susie, thanks a bunch. I know you are going 
in a lot of different directions. And I think for you to be able to sit here and, you know, be able to pass these things on is, is so valuable to so many people, myself included. Well, thank you. I've learned a lot myself today too. It's always uh, enlightening to talk with you, Andrew. Well, good. Well, likewise. So um, yeah, thanks again, Susie. And thanks again, everyone out there. And, you know, I think on behalf of Susie and I, let's, you know, as always, I try to remind you, you are client number one. Mm -hmm. Um, How you care for yourself is how you will care for your clients. So take a second, take stock. Um, How are you doing? Um, I know, you know, before the call, Susie was sharing about just being able to take some time to read a good book and like make herself a good cup of coffee um, and just sit and absorb that. That is what it looks like to take care of yourself so that you can, you can really care about other people. So thanks for modeling that for me, Susie, and for so many other people, but just want to leave everyone else with that. So take care, everyone. Take care.